It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie, a CBOT podcast. As we broadcast around the world, get bite-sized morsels and tidbits from our industrial organizational psychologists, other experts, and the latest research on the workplace to boost your organization's effectiveness. Sign up now at seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from our experts. Don't forget to check out our corporate career boost recruiter, and even student memberships at seabock.com. I am Dr. Jeremy Lokobal, and let's get started. Many of you know about the app, and the it's called Blind. You can also access it through your web browser. Again, it's called Blind, and it is a, it's a complaint site, more or less, for employees. Uh, lots of different themes, between anywhere from you know problems with HR to office to compensation, and it's just a, a hub of, of complaints. But what better place to go for us and for leaders and organizations and managers to find out, hey, what are employees really saying behind our backs? You know, how can we prescribe an intervention if we don't really know um, anything deeper than what the, the just the symptoms are? So when you're looking for actual diagnosis, what's really on employees' minds and, and what's what are their main problems? I found one that I thought was pretty interesting for today. Uh, my new manager is a micromanaging, not not fun person. All right, so micromanager. All the time, he wants to discuss super detailed technical details and gives constant feedback on execution. You should do this. You should do that. Ask for status status updates on a daily basis. What's going on? Let me do my work, this person says. There's nothing we can do. We're stuck with this person or we have to leave the team. I used to be happy in the team, this poster says. Now we're miserable. Please go back to your old workplace. So this is what this person posted. I don't think this person's alone. Many of you out there have had experienced a micromanager. Many of you out there are micromanagers. Let's face it, many of us who don't like people micromanaging, we have a little bit of it in ourselves. And you know what? It's okay. Awareness is key. Let's start by attending to this person's particular issue. So in this, we're going to talk about mindset. Very important. We're going to talk about some communication techniques in order to deal with this boss. So Part of this, and it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow, but part of this starts with understanding and trying to resolve through the other person's perspective. It doesn't, it's not going to feel good. It's not going to feel natural. But again, as I say, human beings are super intelligent. We are super social. We are communicating. But humans by nature we are not good communicators we are very poor communicators we often go with knee-jerk reactions the first thing that comes to mind we talk without thinking and there's a lot to be said about stopping and pausing so how do we think in terms of the other person's predicament no matter who we are talking to When we look at how can we be helpful to the other person, again, it is a hard pill to swallow. It doesn't feel good, right? But an old 
Chinese proverb, feel good, no good. I think it's an old Chinese proverb. Has a lot to do with, uh, there's, there's a great book out there, side note. Uh, two great books, Verbal Judo um, by Dr. George Thompson. And there's also Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Just throwing those two great books out there. But there's a lot of good communication techniques that can come into play with that. So your boss is a micromanager, right? So what are the, what's, what's underlying? Think about it from your boss's perspective. Maybe your boss's butt is, is totally on the line and they are scared to death to lose their job. Maybe it's just their personality and it's the way they've been. But how can you get that micromanager to stop being a micromanager? So let's, let's, take a, let's, let's get a hypothetical example here, right? So let's say you're working on a project. Let's say you're working on a marketing project, right? So you're dealing with multiple for your organization. So let's say you're dealing with you know, multiple clients, multiple deadlines, uh, a team, let's say, let's say you have a team of, of 10, right? So you now, now you're in charge of, of 10 people. Now, marketing, that's a pretty good uh, department for micromanagers because you're looking at detail, you're looking at, um, you know, you might get into the weeds with fonts and, and, and graphics with uh, different things that are put out. You know, let's say that maybe somebody's creating a billboard. Well, let's back up for a second. A lot of, you know, how many people do you know that got promoted because they're good leaders? versus how many people do you know that got promoted because they were good at, at something good at a task i don't know maybe good at creating promotions maybe good at digital design and then they get promoted because they're good at a task without not much or none at all leadership ability that person might be having their own struggle with with leading a team and when they start to feel anxious about leading a team, they probably they might revert back to what they're most comfortable with. And what are they most comfortable with? Getting in the weeds, looking at fonts, looking at all things digital design, uh, eyeing up negative space in this ad versus uh, you know the the uh, perceived effect on the consumer. So let's say a micromanager comes over and says, uh, "Hey." Uh, all right, I'm going to take a look at that that promotion that you put out. Can you give me an update on that? And you might say, uh, "It sounds like I mean, and, and you got to bear with me. You got to bear with these things actually work. They might be hard to swallow. So you might say, "It sounds like you're really worried about this particular promotion," and then just stop talking. And why do you stop talking? because the other person will start talking. People do not like dead silence, but when you can become a master of silence, I call it the, the six second rule. When you can stop talking for six seconds, the other person, it's gonna be uncomfortable. They are going to fill in the silence and they're also gonna give you the underlying things that are uh, making them tick and that are worrying them. So again, we're combining some what's called tactical empathy. We're going to talk about uh, different kinds of, of, of questions that you can ask. So if you say, hey, it sounds like uh, this particular project is worrying you. Maybe that's not your usual style of talking to your boss. But there's nothing wrong with it. That boss might be taken aback. But that boss, after about three seconds of silence, is going to say, 
maybe they say, no, it's not really worrying me. I just want to stay on top of things. So how do you respond? How about you just say, staying on top of things? All you have to really do is just repeat what that person said because then they'll expand. Now, you don't have you're not you're not this alleviates you having to give in. This alleviates you having to side with maybe a side that you don't want to side with. So if you say uh, just simply repeat what they what they say, staying on top of things, maybe your boss says well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I like to stay on top of things because if anything goes wrong, it's my butt and I have to deal with all the higher ups. And you might say, okay, uh, it, it, sound, it sounds like it's really important to you for our team to be on top of things and to look great. And by us looking great as a team, you look great and we help you do your job and then you can help your higher-ups do their job and it sounds like you have everything pretty well laid out now one of the think about this one of the greatest human needs is to be heard to feel heard and to be understood what you're doing here is simply allowing your boss to feel heard and understood in a completely non-threatening way the main point of all this is so that your boss does not have to save face. Your boss doesn't lose any dignity. There's no arguing. There's, uh, think about these questions. What are they preventing your boss from doing? Becoming defensive. Once somebody becomes defensive, forget about it. The questions, the, the way these, the, these things are asked and the way you're using these reflective statements can actually prevent your boss from becoming um, defensive. So your boss might say, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. So can you give me that update? Oh, yes, I can give you the update. And then you want to give in a little bit. So maybe you give that update that, that one time. And then after the update, you say, you know, I give you these updates. And through your feedback, I can see that you really uh, trust the job that I'm doing. Yeah, I do. This is great. Okay. Again, hypothetical. So your boss leaves. The next day, your boss comes back and says, hey, can you give me an update? Uh, yeah, I'd be glad to give you an update. And then you stop talking. And then you let your boss fill in. So what's your boss going to say? So your boss is, you're, what you're doing here is you're, you're leading effective conversations. So what does your boss say? Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want another update because, um, as you know, I like to stay on top of things. And you might say, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. I wanted to mention before I give you this update that I really enjoyed our conversation yesterday. Um, I, I started to understand better why you're asking for these updates. And you shared that you trust, uh, that, that you have a lot of trust in me. Um, and is there any, you know... Do you trust our whole team like that? Because I want to help you by allowing you to trust our team because it, it seems like you spend a lot of your time overseeing us. And I know that you have plenty more to do. How can we make it so that trust is developed in the entire team? 
Now again, did anything in there cause your boss to have to save face? No. Become defensive? No. But what does it do? You asked a question that started with the word how, which means now your boss is going to engage automatically in problem solving. Solving your problem. And this is part of leading effective conversations. You get other people to solve your problem. It takes the anxiety and it takes the stress off of you. So your boss might go into uh, off on a tangent. And, and again, you haven't caused your boss to become defensive. So your boss might say, yeah, you know, we, we just hired these, these, these two new people and they show a lot of promise, um, but I'm really having a hard time with, with X, Y, and Z. So here's your test. What do you say? How about you simply say X, Y, and Z? And your boss is going to elaborate. Again, not becoming defensive because all you're doing is reflecting back what they said, allowing that person to be heard, uh, feel heard and understood. Now, what I'm getting at, many of you have probably figured this out. Let's say that the conversation goes well, you give the update. Let's say the next day your boss comes in. Hey, can you give me that update? You might say to your boss, oh yeah, I'm ready to give you my update. Hey, when we had that conversation about trust yesterday and the day before that, um, and you mentioned that you had a lot of trust for me and we talked about trust for the team, what did you have in mind? Again, not becoming defensive. There's nothing in there that causes your boss to save face. So think about some of the, the, the techniques, the, the techniques that we're having here for leading effective conversations. We're starting out with um, simply asking a few questions that start with either what or how, getting that person to solve a problem. You're using silence. I call it the six second rule. And by the way, here's the six second rule. That was six seconds. Six seconds is a very long time. You're thinking, did my audio go out? Did, this, did, did, did Jeremy forget his train of thought? Six seconds is a long time. When you can learn to be comfortable with the six second rule, it's very powerful. At the end of this podcast, I'm gonna share uh, a, 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 a funny story um, that one of my clients shared with me regarding the six second rule. Uh, we're also learning to just pick, you know, maybe three to four words of what a person says and just reflect back. That allows you to gain greater clarification. It also allows that person to think things through a little more. Now, once you feel starting to feel like you're stuck, simply asking the question, you know, what did you have in mind? That can be very powerful because it doesn't require someone to become defensive, but it requires someone to actually stop and think. You know, what did I have in mind? So when you say, hey, when we had that conversation about trust, what did you have in mind? There, you'd be surprised at how people just start laying things on the line because you're building trust is what you're doing with these uh, communication techniques to lead conversations effectively. Your boss might say, 
I'm just not there yet. You know, I really appreciate you asking me, but I'm just not quite there yet with the entire team. And I feel like you and I are starting to get on the same page. And, and I really like that. Uh, so I think that for the short period, I'm probably, you know, it's going to be hard to let go a little bit. Um, but I'm probably going to be asking you for updates daily. Uh, but quite frankly, I think I'll be coming to you just because you're helping me see things in, in a better way. Now, again, I know I'm not trying to make this, you know, rose, rosy glasses, um, all, you know, rainbows here. But again, hypothetical situations. And again, you will be surprised at how well this works. Don't knock it till you try it. I have trained hundreds, hundreds of people in these techniques, ranging from executives to frontline workers through all kinds of different actual courses and through coaching, through leadership 360s. These techniques actually work. I'm going to give you that quick antidote before we go. I had a client tell me, you know, I used that technique accidentally on my daughter the other day. Which technique? The six second rule. Oh, okay. Well, what happened? I asked. And she said, well, I was downstairs and I needed help moving a box out of the basement. So I called my daughter downstairs. And I called her down. I said, Sarah, can you come down here, please? Well, Sarah comes down and there we are standing face to face. And she said, I forgot why I called her down and I was trying to remember. And after six seconds, my daughter says, because again, there's uncomfortable science, silence there. My daughter says, okay, I'll tell you what happened. We took dad's car and something happened to the door. I feel really bad about it and I've just been waiting for the right time to tell you, uh, how did you find out? And my client was blown away. My client just wanted help moving some boxes out of the basement. But that uncomfortable silence provoked her daughter to spill the beans on her and her friend taking the dad's car without permission and, and putting a, dent, a large dent in the door. I'll leave you with that antidote. We will continue on more of these effective communication techniques in a later podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Cookie, a Seabock podcast. Don't forget to sign up at seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? Don't forget to check out our corporate, career boost, recruiter, and even student memberships at seabock.com.